you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. here and welcome to episode one slash maybe episode zero of the Dave Damashek football program. I say episode zero because I'd like to treat this one sort of as to take the pressure off of me and the fellas in here with me who I'll introduce in just a moment here. Let's make this a preseason game. Let's consider this more like a preseason. Unlike the professionals who may or may not later in the calendar year 2011 play four preseason games, I'd like to think we're only going to need one. Time will tell, though. Anyway, welcome to the show. Like I say, my name is Dave. Consider me your new pal. And also consider this show a show for the fans, by the fans. And this fan whose voice you hear now, this annoying voice you hear right now, happens to love that NFL Films music. Glorious intro by my main man Dick Banks created there. I would love a CD in my car of the NFL Films music just to drive around. It's inspirational. It makes me feel like more of a man. And speaking of more than a man than Dave Damashek, let me say hello to a man whose work you enjoy on NFL.com, his pick six segments. I had the pleasure of getting to know him over the course of the 2010 football campaign on NFL Fantasy Live every Sunday morning. You may know him best as Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. Adam Rank. What's going down, Rank? Dave, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I do appreciate you saying that I'm that you enjoy my work. That's nice of you to say. And I appreciate I want to get a, off on the right foot. I want to curry know, favor with you. I do. And I appreciate that you, we're calling this, well, we, let's say it's the Hall of Fame game edition 
of your new podcast. All right. I mean, that, that connotes of some negative things because that's generally the worst game of the year. But they, then again, listen, hopefully. But it's, football's uh, back. It's yes. good. And, and then also along for the ride, producer, usually a guy who I thought was a behind-the-scenes guy, but uh, he's uh, and, and hopefully he will be that uh, largely <laughs> on this endeavor as well. But uh, a pleasure to have him, a, a fellow I always enjoy watching football with on Sundays. As soon as we finish the fantasy show on Sunday mornings, we would spend the afternoons drinking in all the glory that is NFL football. Dylan Milner, what's going down, man? Hi, Dave. How are we? I'm great. Lovely day out here in Southern California. It really is. I'm happy to spend it with uh, you two gents. Well, listen, it's a glorious day. It really is. Uh, We're one week removed from the NFL draft. I want to kibitz about that. But the thing that has overshadowed all else in in football, it seems, this week is Richard Mendenhall. I mean, it's a, a... a splendid week, not just in Southern California, in spite of, uh, you know, Angelinos are, are very depressed uh, about the, the Lakers mm-hmm. and what's happening with them right Oof. now. Otherwise, though, hard to complain about anything in uh, in this glorious weather. And for the U.S. of A. in general, a big I, I don't know if you guys heard the news, but uh, but the they got Benny Club? Laden. Oh. No, no, no. They got Benny Laden is what I was getting to. I have enough courage. I believe that if you made me bigger and faster, I could I, I could see playing in the NFL and getting hit. I don't think there's any amount of courage I could have. I, I, I don't have anywhere close to what it would take for me to be a Navy SEAL. I could never do that. You know, you couldn't make <laughs> me bigger, faster enough to, to, to be willing to do that. That is uh, is bravery. So mm-hmm. those people should be. So they Applauded. are to be heralded. Yes. Applauded. See, USA. America. White and blue. So America. on and so forth. But. Here's the thing. Oh, and also the podcast. This is the start of the podcast. So really, heady days for for our nation. But but again, the only guy who didn't seem to enjoy it entirely (laughs) in our country, the the news of Benny Layden's demise, was was Steelers running back Richard Mendenhall. And the Steelers in general are making a case that maybe we do need to just go. I know Kamish Goodell and some of the owners would like to see an 18-game schedule. Maybe we should just go year-round to keep uh, to keep <laughs> the Steelers, uh, you know, on the field and focused on that. Save instead. them from themselves. Yeah, because you know, obviously, we know what happened with Ben Roethlisberger and uh, and now Richard Mendenhall, and then Heinz Ward. News mm. of him. I, I mean, that that just sounds like a misunderstanding, but uh, not the best time to be a Steeler fan and try and rationalize why you're still going to root for Richard Mendenhall at this point. And uh, you surely have seen the tweets. Yes, Rank. Well, the good thing there is now nobody's talking about him fumbling in the Super Bowl anymore. Oh. Well, I, you know, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I, I tweeted that out, actually, you know, and uh, you can follow me at Twitter, if I if I may say it, uh, at Damashek. Um, I tweeted out the other day that, you know, I haven't been so embarrassed by a Pittsburgh athlete since Richard Mendenhall fumbled the Super Bowl <laughs> away. And, uh, and yeah, uh, that was bad. And I also, as I've also said before, I feel like this is great. Uh, the, the one thing that Mendenhall has given us, or at least our next generation of kids out there, I have two little kids, and I've already taught them the lesson that Mendenhall provided for all of us, which is, this is what happens, kids, when you drop out of college before <laughs> finishing your sports management degree. This is the sort of nonsense that you might that you might fall into. So let that be a lesson to all the kids out there. One thing, you know what, before we get into Mendenhall, and I also, like I said, want to talk NFL draft and a few other important issues and, and basically lay out where we, where we hope to take this podcast— the, if you're not sure of what the tweets are, they they're hard to defend. I think just about impossible to defend. But 
maybe in your own head when you're reading them, it doesn't come out right, or maybe you're imagining Richard Mendenhall. We happen to have here at the uh, r- at the nerve center of the NFL Network here in L.A., specifically Culver City. It's very strange. I still am not exactly sure what gives with this, but <laughs> you know how they play those games every year over in England? Yeah. You know, they do at least one of those in London. Two unlucky teams have sure to, do. in the middle of the season, have to get jet lag so they can go and... <laughs> try and recruit fans i didn't know if there was any merit in that you know there was a nfl europe business uh many moons ago i always thought is that actually working is there any value to it apparently there is at least it's one over at least one human being and he's here he's not just a football fan he's actually now an nfl employee from england and and listen i find him to be a dreamboat and i don't mind i don't mind telling you handsome hank yeah, Handsome Hank, I, I call him, but he call, he goes by Henry because he's English and he's proper after all. And, it's classy. Uh, yeah, talk about heady days for the U.S. of A., heady days for England, too, after that uh, wonderful royal wedding. I, I'm sure, like everyone within the sound of my voice, the alarm was set for me. I woke up and saw her. She looked gorgeous. And Did I get a little misty? No, of course not. I'm not. The people admitting that they got misty at the this ridiculous... Anyway, listen. I cried. I cried like a baby. Yeah, well, see, I'm not surprised to hear well, that. that figures. You're a softy. But all right. Henry, Hank, handsome Hank, what's going down? I thought he, you know, he, you know, like English people, if nothing, you know, the ladies, if if there's one thing I would tell the, to the 15-year-old boys out there, learn to fake an accent because the ladies go gaga <laughs> over it. Yes. Hank doesn't have to fake it. He has a real one. I thought if you haven't heard the tweets... To put them in the best possible light, to give him the best possible chance of winning you over with his words, Richard Mendenhall, let's let Hank read them and see if they sound any better. Henry, how are you? And please, uh, and read away. And maybe this could be a weekly segment, Milner. Maybe. Maybe, well, maybe every week down. we could do best NFL tweets of the week as read by Handsome Hank. Handsome Hank, it is all yours. Okay, here we go. Mendenhall says, for the record, I was sitting on my couch and reading... Now I'm listening to Amy Winehouse and getting ready to go eat. That is not... Those are not the tweets. That's not the one I'm talking about. Although that one's pretty offensive, too. He's reading. He's listening to Amy Winehouse. I'm already tuning him out. We've lost... Unfollow. Read the bad ones. The really bad ones. We'll never know what really happened. I just have a hard time believing a plane could take down a skyscraper demolition style. So... All right. That, well, I mean, it sounds a little better. It's I mean, a little bit better, it, but I still don't know. Henry kind of takes the edge off. I think what this sends a uh, talk about sending a message. I think the uh, the the sports management department over there at University of Illinois should really beef up their courses. Then the, the, how about that's an engineering course? Yeah, the engineering needs to go. Well, try another one, Hank. What kind of person celebrates death? It's amazing how people can hate a man they never even heard speak. We've only heard one side. Are we sure that we haven't heard him speak? Uh, At least we're giving these tweets two sides with Handsome Henry reading them now. And what about the videos Bin Laden always put out? He was like an artist on TRL. You know, I was like, oh, this week, the new video from (laughs) Bin Laden. Is that it, Hank? I I mean, thank you for the effort, but I don't think it worked. Save us. Women are some of the most selfish creatures I know. (laughs) (laughs) That is an actual... That's a charming. Cool, that's a Richard Mendenhall these tweet as well. There, Hank. These, these are real. That's true. That's almost uh, charming, though. You can you can picture because nobody <laughs> we get to see Hank, but if you saw, he's a handsome fellow, like a Hugh Grant type of a, a swashbuckling Englishman, like a Peter Lawford of our of our little NFL.com here. It's almost charming. T- timely reference with Peter Lawford. <laughs> yes. 
the, the, all the people out there listening are, are going to love that. But uh, all right, well, listen. Thank you for the effort, Hank. I liked it. I you didn't change my opinion on the subject, but I but I I, I did uh, enjoy any excuse to hear you speak. Thank you very much for having me. All right, be well, yeah. be well, handsome Hank. We'll speak with you, I guess, next week if uh, if we want to do this one again. We'll I bring tea. Well, hopefully, just... well, hopefully, uh, Richard Mendenhall will keep tweeting. So we'll have a reason to bring him back. <laughs> um, what about Mendenhall, though? The question that a lot of people have been asking me now is, what uh, do you think the Steelers are going to dump him? And I say practically, no. Obviously, the Steelers have a have a recent history of guys getting into trouble. Ben Roethlisberger um, is who I'm talking about, obviously. They didn't dump him and because practically it would have made no sense. Contractually, they, I, and as I understand it, they made every effort. To, to trade him to make a reasonable deal if people would take on the massive uh, the massive contract and, and, and so on, but practically just like if you lose Roethlisberger, you lose any chance of going to the Super Bowl for the next couple of years. Richard Mendenhall, to a slightly lesser degree, what would the Steelers possibly do? And they're not going to be that foolish that they would dump it. And you can get into the you know there is merit, I believe, in the uh, in the argument that. It's free speech. You can't just because you disagree with what he said. But on the other hand, free speech, yes. It doesn't mean that because you can say something that you should. Just because you can wear something, it doesn't mean you should. Like uh, like the Buffalo Bills, those ugly all navy blue <laughs> uniforms with the with the royal blue stripe and the crazy red hat. Yeah, they, no one. You're not. You're you're allowed to wear those. It doesn't mean it's a smart idea. Well, I See? don't think, you know, and I don't think that so many people were upset about what he was saying because there were a lot of people out there who were quoting MLK and other things like, why are we celebrating people's deaths and things of that nature? It wasn't so much that. It was just that the way it came across, I mean, even when Hank was sitting there reading it in his charming British accent, it still didn't, it just didn't seem as informed as you would have liked a college, you know, educated person to talk. And there's a you can bring these points up, and I don't think that there's any anything wrong with taking a different view of like maybe we shouldn't celebrate death. I th- I feel that the way that he was going about it completely wrong. Oh, but I mean, how I mean from the commission on down, how petrified do you think every owner, every GM, every coach is now that Twitter exists? We've you know To and really the main guy is uh, Ocho Cinco. You know, has has done some uh, some foolish things, but athletes tweeting at halftime of games and so on and so forth. This, I think, this uh, the, the the bar has been reset a little bit higher, right? Now, I like when I didn't know that my the my favorite players were not that smart. Like I would have hated to have seen what would have happened if Eric Dickerson would have had Twitter when I was a youngster, because based on his right, you know, based on his broadcasting career, I don't think he has the greatest things to say, and he's kind of a hothead, anyways. I, I I want I want less information from the not more. I want, want less. Like these guys. But this I'm... is why they say you should never meet your hero because you're always going to be let down. Well, Twitter allows everyone to meet your hero. How many kids wearing Richard Mendenhall jerseys are reading his his tweets and following him on Twitter, saying, "Wow, what, what's what's going on here?" And mom and dad have to explain to him, like, "Oh, you know what? Let's." Let's get you a Ben Roethlisberger jersey now. How bad is it that now Ben Roethlisberger is not the worst jersey to have in Pittsburgh? I, well, that wow! <laughs> now you've re, you've really that, put that into a you've really uh, cornered that. That's really right? about as uh, well said as it could be. Yes, number seven actually is now going to outsell number thirty-four. That's pretty great. And Dave, you touched on something at the Super Bowl when you were talking about Ben Roethlisberger, how he was going overboard to show like what a great guy he was 
over laughing. And I think the comparison you used was Bill Murray on Groundhog Day. Like, oh, I got to show everybody I'm a great guy. When he's playing with the kids throwing the snowballs, the scene in Groundhog Day. He's showing Andy McDowell what a terrific, fun guy he is. Like, all right. Bring it's it in, in, man. You're, you're trying too hard. So is Mendenhall going to have to now run out with the flag and wave it around? And he's got to be—he's going to come out to Hulk Hogan's "I'm a Real American" music, just something to try to win people back over. Well, and you know, but to answer the question, do I think the Steelers are going to are going to dump him? No, I just, as a matter of fact, saw the great Rich Eisen in the in the hallway there. And by the way, a tip of the hat to uh, Rich Eisen for blazing the trail at NFL. Uh, at the NFL with podcasting. And, uh, you know, obviously, as you can tell, we're probably not going to be exactly... Eisen gets the A-listers, you see. Right. He gets, he gets the, the the big ticket names like uh, Rex Ryan and so on. I get Rank. <laughs> <laughs> and Milner. Oh. That's who I got. But we'll do our best not to not to embarrass what you've uh, started off here, Rich. But Rich said, oh, he's got to be gone. He, doesn't Mendenhall have to go from Pittsburgh? I just don't think they practically will do that. But I do think that had this stuff gone down a week ago and before could, the draft and they could have mm-hmm. gone out and gotten a guy like Ryan Williams for, from Virginia Tech or mm-hmm. someone like that, they might have. And um, so, uh, you know, listen, it's just these are the bottom line is these are dark days to be a Steeler fan. And it's sad because the fall from the top of Mount Pius is, is a long one and a severe one. Uh, you know, in the name of full disclosure, if you've not heard me before, I'm from the banks of the Three Rivers, Pittsburgh, PA. What are my credentials for having a podcast on on the NFL? I've been a fan for 35 years. That's those are my credentials. I've been living and dying football since uh, since I can remember. Those are my credentials. This is the people's podcast in a way. It's it's you know what it is. It's it's for the fans by the fans, and I will mm. expect your participation. We are fans. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not going to, one thing I won't stand for Milner or rank. You won't stand for either one of us. Listen to what I'm saying to you, boy, (laughs) before, but what I won't have is this cloaking who you root for thing. I don't know where it started. I don't know where it became a bad idea to, that you had to be objective in order to be allowed to talk about sports. It's a bad idea for people to know who you root for. Says who? Isn't it more disingenuous that you know everybody you're listening to talk about football on TV and the radio and beyond? Don't you know they have a team that they root for? But you don't know what it is. Shame the devil if we found out who they root for. That's disingenuous. I won't stand for it. I particularly like, I particularly like reading Adam's uh, pick sixes knowing he's a St. Louis Rams fan. It just, makes, it just makes it so much more enriching. How dare there is? First of all, there's no such thing as a St. Louis Rams. There's a St. Louis football club who plays out there. The Rams died in 95. I like, I think that what the, if Art Modell, he did, you know, he's reprehensible for taking away the Browns from Cleveland and moving them out to Baltimore, but at least he left the name behind. That is Court a Court ordered. Like, it, it right. wasn't a magnanimous. <laughs> I guess it's not. Let's not give him too much credit for being magnanimous. But it's marvelous, however it went down, that that happened. And the yes. Rams should, it, it, should L.A. ever get a football team again, it should absolutely be the Rams. But I, uh, I'm not going to hide it. I would like to see, I'm, am I a little bit biased, maybe you might say, because I root for a team? No, I, it doesn't mean I can't be objective about it. I, what am I doing? What I just spend the last five minutes doing? Bad mouth and Mendenhall. Wouldn't you say that fans would be more objective? You're more, you're you're quicker to point out when your team does something wrong as opposed to somebody trying to 
you know, oh, I, I, I want to be objective. I don't want to sure. seem, you know, I don't want to show any heavy handedness. I think everybody was. I think Rick, like Rich Eisen didn't grow up rooting for a team. Like Warren Sapp didn't grow up rooting for it. All these guys. How else would you be informed and and uh, and have any interest and passion for the sport if you didn't latch onto a team? Who to just? Be, I just like football. I don't have a team. Uh, of well, course, that doesn't exist. Well, to be fair, I believe everyone who is claiming, oh, you shouldn't be, have a team, you should be objective, is saying this to the journalists of the world. I don't know if anyone is really painting you as a journalist on this podcast. Would you classify yourself as a journalist? I'm a man of the people. There you go. I'm I'm a regular Joe. That's so you wear mean. that Rashard Mendenhall jersey proud. Well, that's no, that, no, because I'm a man no, of the no. people. I'm not going to do that. But you're you're you you almost had a point there. All right, we're the we're the the Roethlisberger jersey. Well, I'm Listen. running. I was going to say Heinz Ward, but right, now I mean, that hope, one's a little sketchy. Right. Maybe I'll go back. Help, mean Joe. Did you ever have a Tommy <laughs> Maddox? Swan is good. There you go. No, I didn't ever have a Tommy Maddox jersey. I couldn't get excited about that. Uh, that one year was kind of fun, a fun story, but I, I didn't get too excited. All right, but so I've established my team. Yours was the Rams. Right. And so you're an Angelino, so we've got the two coasts covered right there, or at least East Coast, right. e- Eastern time zone and West. And you, Milner, are mm-hmm. a San Francisco 49ers lover. I am. I am a uh, Northern California born and raised uh, San Francisco 49er fan. Proud of it. Well, I don't know if you should be proud of it currently, but... Well, it's been tough sledding the last couple of years. I mean. but, but listen, with Harbaugh now in the fold, yeah. I think things are looking up for you. And I guess that's a nice place to transition into some draft talk where yeah. you, Milner, uh-huh. as a producer with all the all the muckety-mucks, all yeah. the fancy yeah. pants people like Eyes and everybody else, out in New York for the draft last week. Good times? It was great times. It, uh, it was good weather. We were expecting rain. We got sun all week. The, the fans were in full force, 25 players, a record there. It was good times all around. That was, well, a, little, that was a little 2 PR spin. Are you here? Are you, are you, are you, has anybody asked you to keep an eye on me and Rank in here? Are you, uh, are you just, just shoot straight with me. I like you, Milner. Yep. You're a good fella. I, like you I enjoy you. Thank you. Just shoot straight with me. Are you in here with an ulterior motive? Has anyone assigned you to report back I mean, what, on any nefarious behavior. What are, you, what are you saying? I'm a spy? Is that what you're getting at? I'm a I spy? Was a cop. You're here to be a do, cop? Do, I, do you see a badge? You see a badge? A podcast cop badge? Did you see Richard Grieco wearing a badge in 21 Jump Street? Look, I say we no. just get past this. undercover. I say we just get past this. I say we just get past it. NFL draft. Yeah. Obviously the big story, Cam Newton, for weeks on end, leading up to the, the Panthers taking him. Personally... I think that they would have been better off taking Von Miller, which is not an indictment of of Cam Newton. I don't like with the first overall pick. It's such a it's such a scary proposition to take a quarterback because if it is if if he does fail, you're you, you've really doomed your franchise for a couple of years in all likelihood. And Von Miller seems like by all accounts to to be more of a guaranteed home run uh, from based on his position. Now that being said. Let me lay this down. One Another thing I won't stand for on this podcast is pretentious talk. What I mean by that is, look, we don't know. We're, we're not Gil Brandt. We're not Mike Mayock or, or Kuiper with the hair or any of those characters who devote 12 months a year to breaking down film, you know? But the, the draft with each year as, it, as the coverage expands here and elsewhere, it seems like the, the common man is becoming a draft expert and I find it annoying. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the most classic example, I think, maybe not just in football, but in all of sports. The one thing I can't stand is when regular guys start talking about who's a good offensive lineman or not. 
you know, his, he's a dominant offense. He's a terrific offensive lineman. He I gets love his, his hands to you. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah. He's better suited on the right side than the left side. You don't know that. You only know that because you heard somebody else say it. You that you don't know what a good... They're all, to my eye, let me be honest with you people. I, they're all 320-pound, 6'4 behemoths in my book. And I can't distinguish who's dominant or who's not, except to say that guy, that, that uh, whoever that guy's blocking doesn't have any sacks today. Let, right. let's, let's not jive each other. And by the way, if that's an admission that is a turnoff for you, oh, I don't like that. The, I don't like the idea that my guys don't know that. I've talked to any number of analysts, of experts, guys who played the game. And I say, when you watch a game, can you see who's a good offensive lineman? They say, absolutely not. You would have to have a camera specifically, or you'd have to have your binoculars focused squarely on that guy for the whole game to have any sense of that. So, all right. So that, well, that is the backdrop. I think it's sort of hooey and applesauce when everybody sits around and declares, this guy's definitely going to be a success or definitely be a bust, especially with the quarterbacks. I don't think there's anyone walking on the big blue marble now who who's 100% accurate accurate with what guys who they've said will be great quarterbacks or guys that won't be. That being said, the thing that got, and I'm going to ascend up to Mount Pius. I don't like doing it, but I'm going to do it to make this point. And I wrote about it on NFL.com a few days back, got a fair amount of attention, especially in Pittsburgh, because I compared Newton, Cam Newton to Ben Roethlisberger. And people didn't like that in Pittsburgh. They thought that was, uh, that was uh, an outrage, but I find it vaguely outrageous that the natural comparison that most people are making, experts and beyond, is Cam Newton is the next Jamarcus Russell. Why? Because because he's African-American and big and, and has a huge arm? There is no connection beyond those uh, those attributes. They're both very they fluid in the hips. They're both yeah. fluid in the hips. Oh, I, I, I made a list. I made a list, actually. <laughs> well, I want to get to... Should I do that now? I'm gonna, I'll, let me read yeah, those to you, too, because I, I can't help it. When I'm watching the draft, I... I, I uh, the cliches make me loco. What, the, when, when you're watching the draft, what's a red flag that you're looking for from the, well, apparently from the Cam analysts? They're scuba diving. And that's, <laughs> well, what's, we'll look what's out the for red divers. flag from, you know? On the downside, yes. Cam Newton, I heard that uh, I heard that uh, 1,700,968 <laughs> times that Cam Newton has <laughs> a lot of red flags around him. He has a lot of red flags. Now, on the bright side, like you say, Cam Newton has fluid hips, mm. which is apparently way better than uh, than having tight hips. A lot, of, a lot of talk about the DBs in particular, whether their hips are fluid or tight. Now, understand, I'm all for Mike Mayock talking about that uh-huh. because he's devoted his life to it. It's when the average guy comes up to me and say, hey, what do you think about uh, Prince of Makamura? Do you think he's going to be good? I mean, he has really fluid hips. Like, <laughs> yeah, He does. He does, bub. Really? What are you breaking down tape at your house? Hey, yeah. I don't know about you guys. When I was in sixth grade getting my presidential fitness test, I had a fluid hips test I had to go through, and I aced it. Well, <laughs> Kuiper, Kuiper has long since established ball skills. Ball skills is a great one. Great a ball one. skills. But I think I think fluid or tight hips is making a run for the money. I'll, football IQ. I love this guy's football IQ. <laughs> this guy's got a great football IQ, something we never heard five years ago. High motor. High guy. motor guy. High motor. He's a high motor guy. Sees the field. <laughs> Sees the field real well. He's a I, the, one that you that hear would... every guy calling into radio shows all the time talking about. Hey, I hope they, I hope they take such and such. I hope they, re, I, you know, I, I hope my team. I hope fairly goes at great five technique guy. Great five technique. <laughs> yeah. Unless you can tell me what you mean by that, don't start throwing it around. Now, um, the oh, speaking of offensive linemen, is uh, an- another big one. Love this guy's hands. 
<laughs> love this guy. Yeah. Not not a wide receiver. I love the this guy. This offense like got great hands. Knows how to a tackle eligible play. He's good. No, so, no, they're talking something about. <laughs> I think maybe uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe that is what they're talking about. <laughs> System player. Um, uh, the, uh, another one that is uh, that's bugging me quite a bit is I even the guys on the panels mm-hmm. at the draft mm-hmm. when they do the. Um, they're all out there, and they and they just throw out a number, and they all react to it. And I'm not sure how I'm supposed to react as the viewer if it's good or bad when they start talking about, hey, this guy. I mean, he ran. You know, his his forty was uh, was four five six, and uh, he also he ran the shuttle in uh, in six three three. <laughs> and they all react and uh, gotta have a good shuttle time. Gotta here, have that say, good three cone. Say, say, say he had a uh, a shuttle time of uh, of uh, six three three. Well, you know what I like about Cam Newton? He had that shuttle time of six three three. No, don't. <laughs> Don't tell me you liked it. Just tell me he had it. All right. Sorry. Jeez. Cam Newton, shuttle time. 633, Dave. They just react. God. They make guttural noises. Like, what? So you get a guy with that shuttle time in the third round. Great value. Is that good or bad? I don't know what that means. Can we define what good shuttle times are? And can we stop uh, about, until we do? Can we? How about a shuttle about time it? was fast? But I think my favorite of all the cliches that have emerged over the last few years that is the that says every they seem to think it say it says everything and it says absolutely nothing is i love this guy's athleticism <laughs> i love this guy's athleticism well, oh the guy who just got drafted to play professional football uh in the first round is is <laughs> a, a good, good athlete, athlete. He's a good athlete huh. what are, and what about when they where do you put it when somebody says oh this guy's a football player i i put that right next to uh, i put that right next to this guy's an athlete. Yeah. Oh, he's a football player. Perfect. Then he, <laughs> then they did the right thing by drafting him instead of that lacrosse kid because that would have that could have been a disaster. Or what about you? But isn't being a football player somewhat overrated in the case of Antonio Gates? Oh yeah. Well, if you if you want to make if we, if we want this entire podcast to be about, <laughs> about things that drive me crazy about <laughs> phrases I never need to hear again. One thing I never need to hear about again is that uh, Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates played uh, basketball college. when they were in college. That's an update. I don't. Another one of those is uh, they, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. <laughs> what? Every game what? that he plays has to has to come up. That can't. We can't Who's, have one game, one broadcast who? where they don't mention that fact. Yeah. Who's the person that they're like making that known to? Like who's the guy sitting down watching a game? It's his first game. What? What? He was drafted in the sixth round. Well, it's the How sa- come this isn't a bigger story? It's the same thing all, all this week. We've been hearing about uh, not just Osama bin Laden. We're also hearing that uh, Osama bin Laden, um, the uh, the founder and architect of Al Qaeda. What? Oh. He is that? That's the guy. Oh, I'm <laughs> that glad we got guy. Him. I just I'm did a spit take. Him. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so Cam Newton. The big thing with it, the, the the story. I like his football IQ. Yeah, he, well, it's good football IQ. Well, apparently, it's uh, everybody has just blindly assumed he has the same football IQ as as Jamarcus Russell, which yeah. is Ooh. which is not a compliment. And I don't see any comparison between these two guys, except for the things that I've already pointed out. One is clearly, by all accounts, lazy. Everybody says Jamarcus Russell is a lazy guy. And as a side note, I love that John Lucas, his uh, his life coach, kicked him. Didn't just fight, just say I'm not doing that. But I'm also I'm kicking you out of Houston. I kicked him out of Houston. I, I love the idea of doing this. Who's, I'm gonna enfor- start, who's enforcing like, this? I, I, I don't know. Apparently, I, mean, I, I don't know. I want to do it. I want to imagine it went down like Ving Rhames in Pulp Fiction, 
And he just kind of said, you know what? You just lost your Houston privileges. We're cool, but you're gone. I love it. I wish I had that kind of juice. <laughs> is that fantastic? That you got, like, what? what? It's, who, it, who, who it also reminds me of is Brad Wesley in, uh, in, in Roadhouse. You know, Swayze's, <laughs> Swayze's arch nemesis in Roadhouse. Because that guy, Brad Wesley, they say, like, well, you know, Swayze doesn't know what to do. Dalton is confused. I, Wait a second. Why? Why don't we go to the feds on this? And, and nope. Brad Wesley owns them, owns them too. He owns. He owns. He owns the town. He owns. He, he owns the cops. I love that. That's always a premise for the bad guy. Is that you got the cops in your hip pocket? Yeah, but there are other jurisdictions, right? Can you they, go to another cop? And how about the you, U.S. Marshals or something? Nope. He owns all of them. He's got the mayor in his back pocket. Uh, well, can't we fly in some Navy SEALs? Seal no, Six? No. 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 Brother-in-law. Can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> Wish we could. It's ridiculous. Get out of Houston. <laughs> I, I don't. I want to talk about Cam Newton, but I do have to just say one. Thing. I just I gotta say one more thing. We'll get there. It. When I said jurisdiction, it reminded me of something. That is the a great chasm between movie reality and reality. Reality is that one. The in every cop movie, every detective movie. There is an argument at some point about whose jurisdiction it, whose crime scene is. This is yeah. my crime scene, you know. Like this is my jurisdiction. You're out of your uh, jurisdiction, cop. You know, whatever, whatever. Fed that whole thing in real life. Wouldn't the cop be like, "This is my crime scene"? Oh, okay, I'm gonna yeah, go home. Later. Yeah, See you later. I'll be at great. the uh, take care of it. I'll be at the diner around the corner. I'll yeah, be at, great. I'm please. gonna go have a banana split. Good luck with your crime with your crime scene there, yeah. cop. You know. <laughs> but anyway, Cam Newton. I feel this way about it. And I, again, I'm up on Mount Pius about it, but I do agree with Warren Moon that it maybe it is vaguely racist when people just uh, uh, say he's the next Jamarcus Russell right. because he happens to be African-American. Right. I think, like I say, the guy who he reminds me of is Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that's you can't do it. No, but see, that's the thing. And it's almost insulting because... Nobody ever compares Michael Vick to Steve Young, except, you know, but they're left-handed, scrambling quarterback. Oh, no, you can't do it because, you know, the reasons that you're getting at. And I think, to me, that's more offensive than comparing Cam Newton to Jamarcus Russell. I mean, look, what Cam Newton has nothing in common, like I say, with Jamarcus Russell, but everything with Roethlisberger, they both had some character issues. Obviously, mm-hmm. Newton's were a little bit worse. but uh, with, Red with flags. Red flags, yes, that's right. He had that, he had a few more red, red flags. flags than uh, than Roethlisberger had. But listen, for, to his credit, he did it in the SEC. He takes his team. Uh, well, it's just one season. Well, it was in the SEC, and he ran the table, and then he went and won the national championship, and he did it while all this nonsense mm-hmm. was going on. You know, mm-hmm. the, if if something bad is going on in your life, it would distract you, and yet he still was able uh, among those games. Coming back, how what were they down to Alabama? Twenty eight nothing. Right, yeah, they were down huge. He and also like Roethlisberger, better out of the pocket than than standing back there in the pocket. That hasn't been a real bad thing for Roethlisberger or the Steelers over the years. That he's better when he's moving around and putting pressure on the defense by getting outside the pocket. He's got the big arm. He's slightly unorthodox. He's a little bit more playground than he is. Uh, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, field general nonsense which is fine it's fine that that's uh, that Tom Brady and and uh Peyton Manning are that way but I think Roethlisberger's just done just fine I I, I don't see any reason why Cam Newton wouldn't succeed for the same reasons Roethlisberger but, but not only that but there's all when and I hate when people start talking talking about like oh he's only played one season you know Mark Sanchez played only one season too 
he's done a pretty decent job with the Jets. This whole notion of he's only played one season, it's out the window when you play in a high-profile league like the Pac-10 or like the SEC. But it doesn't matter what writers and pundits think about the Jamarcus to Cam Newton comparison. It matters what the Carolina Panthers think. I know. And apparently, right. I just wanted and to apparently travel they, up to Mount Pryce. I hear the Carol- lovely this time the, of year. <laughs> the Panthers didn't think that Jamarcus Russell and Cam Newton were similar. Otherwise, they would have completely glossed over them. But they took them with two seconds off their, off their clock come draft. And they did that. And now it's it started another a whole controversy. Everybody's worried about whether or not Cam Newton's going to play out. And I think a team that's that devoid of talent, I would have gone with Von Miller. Like I say, they... Or Patrick Peterson. That would be weird. I don't think a corner's ever been taken number one over. That Marcel Darius. Uh, to me, Von Miller. I would okay. like to have. I would like to have the guy who you know they, they get spoiled for the better part of a decade with Julius Peppers there. I would like to see a guy like that if I were the the Panthers. I I, I don't know what that even means. And talk about another thing that regular people now talk about all the time as though, as if they know. I certainly don't know about it, but they did it to sell tickets. Did they? Is that re- do you really think that that was what the is that? Well, I I said that I think that the Panthers were forced into this position. You you don't really feel happy and safe and content that man. We just got Cam Newton. There's still a lot of question marks around how he's going to do, but you you kind of believe that that the Panthers drafted Cam Newton to appease their fan base to kind of they were forced in that position because if they didn't draft Cam Newton and he became this all-American, all-pro, perennial pro bowl player, then man, they really missed the boat on that one and they were forced into it. But now they're sitting there kind of uh buyer's remorse cuz he could end up a bust, but I don't think could Von anybody? Mi- I don't think Von Miller would have been well, that anybody, bad of a name. Who, who says Von Miller's not going to be a bust? But they talk about these safe picks, and everybody's like, oh, this guy's not. Nobody's automatic. Anybody you anybody in that draft, you just don't know. Well, but I, I, you know, I'm having it both ways. I think QB, though, is harder to predict, right. obviously, than a, uh, a rush uh, stand-up linebacker is going to be, a, an outside linebacker like Von Miller. It's, if you watched him play, he's just so dominant. Uh, there, there's less for him to absorb, obviously. Well, yeah, I, I'm falling into the lingo, too. Less for him to absorb. Why, yeah. what, less way to, to learn? Yeah. Oh, way to go, how long, Captain. How long absorbing that NFL offense. Does it take, you, that, take you long to absorb the playbook uh, in your days, Dave? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what's it, how long does it take for a DN uh, linebacker to absorb the playbook than the quarterback? You'll be surprised to to learn this is a sort of an embarrassing omission, but as long as we're being honest, uh, I wanted to play football, um, but uh, my mother, Mo Damashek, forbade it. So um, I didn't get to play. Sorry, not even flag. Well, I played a little backyard ball. Yeah, gotcha. Well, yeah, you know, Shecker Memorial Stadium, the name of uh, the stadium Who's... of our backyard there. But yeah, now you're you're from the, the flags. Uh, you're from a rich area of football <laughs> talent being out there in, in the Pennsylvania. Whose game do you think yours would have been compared to? Michael Vick's, Jamarcus Russell, Cam Newton. <laughs> you can't do that. You got to. How about Vick? Steve Young? You can't. <laughs> oh yeah, Michael Vick. It's got to be Steve. Fran Tarkenton. Jim Zorn, maybe. I got some Zorn in me, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, the, uh, but oh, what I started to mention is, so they bring in Cam Newton, and the controversy that they probably didn't, that probably was pretty low down on their list of concerns with taking him, he wears the number two. Uh-huh. And now Jimmy Clausen, the, I, is he the heir apparent? I mean, no, no, he's not now. He's the heir apparent. Cam Newton is now the heir apparent to Jimmy Clausen. Mm-hmm. 
And by the way, does this mean that they have to start the season with Jimmy Clausen, right? They can't, they're not going to throw Cam Newton out there with a miserable offensive line. So that's interesting. But can't, but Jimmy Clausen presumably is going to be wearing a number other than number two. Well, if but he sells it. If he sells he's it. He's going to sell it. And reports are coming out that Cam Newton, all the money that he made at Auburn, is going to be used now to buy the number two off Jimmy Clausen. Ah, uh, <laughs> you stinker. <laughs> Don't be a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Cam Newton. He's been working on that all morning. So I'm <laughs> writing it in the green room. If there were somebody, if there were, if it were me, one of his handlers should say to Cam Newton, listen, Damashek has a theory that makes a lot of sense here. He has an equation that goes like this. Summertime plus single-digit NFL QBs equals trouble. It starts with Roethlisberger. He gets on that motorcycle the summer after, puts his face through the windshield. Things haven't, things, you know, ups and downs at least. Plenty of ups on the field, but off the field, things haven't gone so well mm-hmm. for uh, number seven there. Wow. Single-digit, number yep. seven. Mm-hmm. All right, once, okay, a fluke, whatever. There's, whatever. No, there's no association. Then Mike Vick, next summer... He starts messing around with that. You hear about him messing around with them pups. Now, <laughs> two for two, two summers, two problems. Again, I'm not will. I'm too small a sample size. The following summer, number four, Brett Favre. He <laughs> retires, then unretires, and he takes the dignity away from not just himself, but from Green Bay fans and the Green Bay organization and the Jets who are willing to take him on and all that hooey and applesauce. Now we're three summers and in. That was really a big one. That cursed everybody. All of football America suffered with that That wasn't one. good for football. Right. No, we all suffered from that one. Listen, and then it got even worse the following year when, when the Vikings fans, mm. I understand the Vikings fans are desperate for a title, but come on, people. Listen, you don't trade in your dignity to get a crown. You would, you're would. you going to cheer for the guy who tormented your team, your 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 inner division rival for so yeah. many moons? It makes I mean, no as sense. A, as a guy who grew up when uh, watching Joe Montana rip through the Rams, if it would have ever come to a point where they said, okay, you know what, Joe Montana can be the Rams quarterback, I would have said, bring him aboard. I'm like, sorry, I'm I'm gonna you you're gonna be kidding me. Yes, <laughs> I guess I guess that's the difference between the haves and haves not have nots. I guess I've seen enough winners that it's easy for me to say that. But I if know because the Lakers never one. win. But yeah, okay. I'm talking football, <laughs> you creep. Yeah. Hey, we have the LA Extreme. Yeah, I wouldn't. You're, you're you're bringing up the Lakers, by the way. Don't I? I couldn't care less what happens with them. You're <laughs> you have a rooting interest. Don't bring them up unless you want to talk about what's happening. With I'm that. here with you, Dave. I'm here. Those you old and I were here. There. Um, so it's three three summer times, three issues with high-profile QBs, and now I think it's even gone beyond just summertime. I mean, Tony Romo can't stay healthy, and, right. and he's sort of cursed that Cowboys franchise as far as I'm concerned. Number nine, you see? Really Meantime, is. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, say Drew what Brees. you want about those guys. Say what you want about the other three I just named. <laughs> they seem to keep their noses clean pretty well in the offseason. Drew Brees... All right, there's some outlayers there. But then again, he has uh, that thing outlaying on his cheeks. <laughs> oh. All right. I don't mean, don't, you're not going to tell the commissioner I said that, are you, man? <laughs> what are you looking at me? What are you looking at me for? So, anyway, it's I'm just saying time. it's wise for Cam Newton to avoid all this mess and just put a one in front of that two and let Jimmy Clausen have the uh, the uh, scarlet number on his, uh, on his jersey. But well, can I point out that Cam Newton wore 13 at Florida where he got in trouble? Hmm. 
Uh, it's it's inexact. Don't, you're bringing it's college NFL in. Curse, this is right? NFL. It's an yes. NFL curse. Thank you. Yes. Something I want to do. I listen. This is uh, this ain't just uh, lip service out of Damashek. This is for the fans, by the fans, and a major issue for me, and something I'd like to keep an eye on as we press on with this podcast. And by the way, it'll be weekly. Mm-hmm. And like I say, Dave Damashek football program available on iTunes. Yes, Milner. Yes. All right. So keep a lookout for that. Subscribe. Fancy. Listen to it. Uh, you know what do they say? Listen to it once. Uh, download it twice. All that kind of stuff. Spread the good word. All that jazz to your uh, your friends, your enemies. If you hate it, either way, um, <laughs> it'll grow on you. I think so. Yeah. Like yeah. the theme song. Oh, I, I, I gotta say, I'm I'm thrilled with the theme song. I As don't think we it move can on, we have to get theme music. This is our preseason game. This is our Hall of Fame game. We need to get. I'd like to hear a little music for Dylan Milner. I'd like to hear some for Adam Rank. Mm for Handsome Hank, for all of our segments that we will do occasionally or maybe every week, one of which is the fan conduct policy. We have to pick this back up. This is a righteous issue that I've uh, that I undertook probably about four or five years ago. Commissioner Goodell, fine. He is the commissioner of the league. He put out a player conduct policy, as you know, and certain guys have been suspended for eight games, for full seasons, and so on. And it was fine, well-intentioned that he did it, and it started out with a couple of low-level guys, not high-profile name guys. But then once you started getting into the Roethlisbergers and Vic, I've always wondered, does the commissioner now regret that decision? Because (laughs) pretty slippery slope that that, uh, that your high-profile guys— do I really have to suspend him? I guess I do, don't I? Because that would send a weird message if I was only suspending backups and third stringers. Of course. Yeah. Um, so either way, that's within his rights. We can debate the merits of that, but so be it. Where it crossed the line for me was when he put out a fan conduct policy. They, first of all, it, as, it, it asks play, uh, fans in the stands... To, to rat out the people sitting next to him if so they see you bad text, behavior. You text to the Jumbotron the number, like, hey, this guy's a little rowdy. We fans are the owners. You know, I know people say that a lot, but really, we, if we didn't pay the tickets, if we didn't buy the direct TV, if we didn't get the, the, the Sunday ticket, if we didn't do all that, we didn't watch the games on network and so on, there would be no league. All this nonsense would would just cease to exist if it weren't for us. So I think it it crosses a line when the commissioner starts telling us the people who are who are essentially paying his and all the players way how we need to behave ourselves, how we need to comport ourselves in the stands. Thank you very much commissioner, but if you don't mind, I think we'll self police. I think yes. we'll we'll monitor we our own this. behavior. We'll make our own fan conduct policy. So I started doing that. And many people have been good enough over the months, nay, years, to drop me a line with their ideas. All very helpful. All, And you can do so at Damashek. I encourage you, nay, demand that you drop me a line and let me know your thoughts on all that we do here. Good, bad, or indifferent. I enjoy hearing from you. So let me tell you what I'm talking about here. If you're not familiar with the idea of the fan conduct policy... I, here, here's rule number one in the fan conduct policy here. And it transcends just football, but it applies to what you were talking about ranked there as a Rams fan. When a team leaves a city, you are hereby forbidden from continuing to root for them. This is a de- this is a this is a rule that I am putting into place to protect you from yourself, to help you maintain once again your dignity. That's what I want for you. I, I, Rams fans 
it's, a, it's an epidemic in this city in particular. There yeah. is no pro football right. in Los Angeles. I understand it's been a long time, a whole generation without it. But I, it really burns me and makes me sad for people when I meet people who continue to root for the Rams or the Raiders in this city. Well, oh, the Raiders, Raiders are worse. If yeah. you didn't know better, you'd think the Raiders were still in town. It, 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 yes. Up until a couple of years ago, till they started getting really bad, their games were on every yeah. week, like they were still here. It's it, it, it to me, it is insane that this would that this would happen. You broke people, up. She hey, left. You. I grew up. I, I grew. Hey, listen. But they're my team. I grew up with. It, so th- so they're my love. They're my pet. Listen. They're like they walked out on you. That so is rank. exactly they walked, the analogy. No, they walked out. It's like if you break up with somebody. We all had girlfriends in high school. I still don't have her picture on my desk. <laughs> It's over. I you don't broke go, up. Yes, and you're not going. If if a woman dumped me, which I can't imagine that ever happening, <laughs> so it's completely hypothetical because I'm very very handsome and I'm very charming and uh, charismatic and I'm you know, but I'm thoughtful though too, and I'm I'm, I'm a gentle. I'm, I I will say I'm a vigorous lover. <laughs> like Rang says, yes. If that woman dumps me. Um, and, and and then I find out she's engaged to be married. I'm not showing up at the wedding to applaud and make a no, nice toast, wishing the I won't two even kids Facebook good luck. Friend her. I, I'm going. Uh, yes, I'm going there. If I go there, I'm going to do a Benjamin Braddock to the extreme and just destroy the wedding. That's the only reason I would show up. At <laughs> so that. rank when the Rams Wait. left. What did you do? You, I, you disowned them. Disowned them. But then you know what? It, it's like it's like Red Dawn when the Ruskies parachuted down. The true patriots ran to the hills. And the other ones, like Lane Smith, stayed behind, and he put he put a bug in his son and got him killed. That it might be that it might not be that extreme, but no, it no, is. You, that, you're gone. You she killed walked out on you. She walked. She pulled, and it started. And, you, and there was the signs, like you know, when you're going to a breakup, and you, oh, I should have seen the signs. Eric Dickerson was traded. You know, all these little signs, pull, you know, going up to the point to where she left, and then she gloated about it. Once they won the Super Bowl. So I agree with you. You're not a Rams fan. But what did you do? Did you did you adopt the new team? Did you just become a fan of the game? What did you do? You know, it was kind of hard at first because you're a little bitter. It was actually easier for me because, coincidentally, my career at the NFL started the same year that the Rams and the Raiders left. That I started working for the National Football League. How old is Rank? <laughs> what are you, 67 years of age? <laughs> But, uh, you know, like you say, Rams, bad to continue rooting for them. Terrible. Even worse if you're a Raiders fan, because to make another uh, relationship analogy, you know, the Ra- Al Davis is having a relationship with this ugly old broad named Oakland, you know? <laughs> and then he, he, he uh, a, 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 a flaxen-haired, bronze-faced beauty named Los Angeles to the... Uh, caught his eye down to the south and he started to have an affair with her you know and it went on for 10 years oh yeah and he always told he always told the mistress named la yeah you and me are gonna be together forever baby but like these things almost <laughs> always go what happened what did he do he ended up, back up running bar. back to the old ball and chain and angelinos are like the mistress just saying but please i still want to be with you Dignity Still people. He's coming back. So Dave, and he went and he went for the uglier of the two Bay Area sisters. I would like to say, for the record, as we close up the first installment of the fan conduct policy, we shall call this rule the "er say it ain't so" rule. Uh, say because he took his team out of Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. It's good. Wordplay. Wordplay. I will say, I feel like it was a pretty good exhibition game. Pretty good preseason game. You know, you know? a lot of promise. You would. 
you would say, you know, you watch, like you said, you watch the Hall of Fame game. Usually it's the, the least entertaining, but it's good to just have football back. And it's good to get this first one out of the way because we've been chopping at the bit to do this for a while. So it feels good. I, yeah, My ankle I, held up. I hear you. That's right. I'm worried time. about tomorrow. Am I going to be sore? Am I going to be able to get out of bed? I, I don't go, know. I got to well, go take an ice bath. My after thing this. is, I you know, I feel. I first of all feel like, um, yeah, you know, we, it was good to get in there, get the reps, and and, and so on. And um, you know, like most preseason games, sometimes the starters are head out. Presumably, on the next cast, we will have the actual producer in here instead of uh, oh. the free agent draft pick. No, listen, oh. Milner. You're terrific. Dave. You're a delight. You're a delight, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. Um, so yes, yeah, so we have a lot to figure out here as we as we move on with these po- with the podcast. You, like I said, I can't say it enough. Your comments, your contributions, your ideas are uh, are a not just uh, requested but a requirement, and uh, we appreciate that. It's uh, the Dave Damashek Football Program. Make sure you subscribe to that on iTunes. And to close. I like to do this. I like it's it's episode zero. So let's name the all time as we go forward. At least we'll, hopefully we'll get a hundred episodes in. Let's name mm-hmm. the player who wore it best in NFL history. Wore that number of the episode number zero. The only person I could find who ever wore it, Johnny Olszewski. He was an All American uh, halfback out of Cal in '53. I covered him. Had a decent. <laughs> <laughs> Went to junior high with him. This fella could run, let me tell you. <laughs> he was the cat's pajamas. He had wheels on him, this guy. Um, so, but Jim Otto. Zero. What about Jim Otto? He was double no, zero. he's double, double zero. zero. I mean, that's He's close. double zero. And then there was Ken Come Burrow of, uh, of the Houston Oilers. Well, maybe next one will be double zero. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so, like the roulette wheel. I like, I, but it, it does beg the question, why doesn't anybody wear zero? Not double zero. The double zero is one thing. I like just the zero. Wouldn't that be nice to be a player wearing what athlete, zero out there? What, if we if we went over all sports, who was the last zero? Because the only one I can think of is Orlando Woolridge. Would he be the last one of any athlete who wore Olden of the zero? major sports? Yeah, it would have to be. Then yeah. Olden Polonese for the Sacramento Kings oh, wore zero. See? Family Sacramento. Nobody you get to come cares back because you. of that tape. Thank you. I like Nobody that. cares because it was the Sacramento Kings. I'm not sure it counted. We're talking like professional, Ooh. major and professional no. franchises. In closing, I think you'll notice, maybe maybe you uh, noticed it as uh, as we made our way through here, there was not one mention of the lockout. We didn't talk about the silly lockout. And, and that was by design. I have no interest in talking about it. I got into flapping my gums about sports because I don't like talking and I have no interest in or no or any knowledge of macroeconomics. I, collective bargaining, huh? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't care. I trust that they're going to resolve it. We're going to press forward as though there's going to be a season because there is going to be a season. All right, listen. Adam Rank, pleasure. I think we have some uh, some stuff to build on here. We'll keep uh, developing the segment. Milner, wonderful job out Dave. of you. And uh, we'll do it again next week. But until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.